Podcast is about taking media action. Find the problem, fix the problem. This is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. Hey, welcome to Tango One Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Tony Smith. As always, I'm trying to bring in great guests and people from my network to help you guys to identify and take action against weaknesses. Today, I am bringing in a young Amherstburg phenom here, maybe the youngest guy I've ever had on the podcast. I got Lyndon Crane, who's a newly elected, what, three, four months now, town councilor? October 24th or 25th, yeah. Very, so very new to this game, but has been like uh, involved in it. That's how you got your name involved. And I'm just, we uh, wanted to bring in here, talk to you about Amherstburg topics talking about your drive as a young as a young man and you know whatever else might come up so thanks for coming on happy to be here thanks for having me yeah so Lyndon is also the host of coffee with craner it's a local podcast you shot like almost 100 episodes as well right? almost itching on 100 two more episodes and then we're there so and you've had some great guests a lot of times it's so funny i go to book a guest and i'm like we're literally the week like joe siddle like him and i've been working on that forever and i'm like he's on Lyndon the week before (laughs) that's so funny we have a lot of common guests we have a lot of common friends you and I have not sat down though for too long outside of that podcast yeah. before this, so looking forward to chatting with you. So, how old are you, first of all? Uh, 22. 22. 22 years yeah. old, man. So 22 years old. I wonder what most people were doing at 22 years old. Has there ever been anybody on the podcast or on the podcast on town council at 22? Uh, in Amherstburg, no. Uh, I believe the youngest was 28. Um, and yeah, the youngest in Amherstburg. So. Was that Mayor Hurst? Like. I think it was years, a thrasher. So oh, a thrasher. Okay. Thrasher. Um, can't remember the first name, but it was a, a counselor, I believe. Thrasher something. Twenty-eight. Yeah. So I know. Do some history. Do some history lessons <laughs> there. Yeah. So what made you like want to do that at so young? And when did this become a goal? I guess it's two questions in one. Yeah. Um, came a goal probably. High school. I thought about it a little bit, and then going into university and and being on student senate. I, you know, was was interested a bit more. And then from working at the mayor's office at the city of Windsor, uh, that really hooked me in because I was learning so much about municipal government. I was right in the weeds of it. So, um, you know, I thought, well, I'd love to do this same thing, but in Amherstburg and uh, decided to, to put my name in. Didn't care about my age, didn't care about, you know, perhaps the lack of experience that I might have compared to others. I uh, just wanted to get there, get in there and start making a difference. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a huge argument towards the young versus experience versus mm-hmm. age. Like, I started as a cop at 21. Like, most people don't do that. I started on the SWAT team very young, yeah. too. And yes, I was super inexperienced when I started, but that gave me this ability to, young you are, the faster you soak up information, soak up experience and knowledge, Big right? Time. Big and time. the more you can pull from other people, and then that gives you this incredible, like, 10 years from now, I think it can really slingshot you to where you want to be. And then we, as a community, you know, if you do your part as, yeah. as the counselor, we as a community have a much more solid 32-year-old version of Lyndon Crane, right? Yeah. Way more experience rather than getting into it when you're 32 and trying to learn all these ropes. Yeah, I, I think 
without giving me that opportunity, there's no way I would have gained that experience. You know what I mean? So in order to get experience, you have to be given that opportunity. So uh, that's how I looked at it. Right? Yeah, and I see it as like there's a, like the ability for some longevity, some continuity. Whether you you stay right in the weeds in here or other aspirations, but it now gives us somebody who's getting who will represent whatever level that might be will represent mm-hmm. people from Amherstburg. I think yeah. that's huge. It was actually so I was in Toronto last weekend for a conference and there was a 18 year old that was elected as a counselor. I didn't have the chance to speak with him, but like that that was interesting and just kind of mind blowing. Four years younger than me, 18, uh, first year he could vote and he was elected as a counselor. That was like, wow. And it, it showed like, it doesn't matter really what age you are in politics. I think it's just, you need somebody there that's gonna represent the people and be able to listen and address those concerns. It doesn't matter what, what type of experience or background that you have, what education. Um, I mean, I think it does. I think it matters that that whole council has a variety of yeah, them. like exactly. there's you know like not everybody should be a businessman, you yep, know, a white sure. businessman in their fifties, right? Like, yeah, like there should be representations from more you know different backgrounds of of work, of labor, of of ages, of you know to represent all of them, of races, everything, right? Yeah. And I know in my first experience in Amherstburg when I first moved here and opened up a business, I was having some issues some parking it was such a minor issue and we end up having to go to town council and i was so like absolutely unimpressed yeah and i could not believe it and so i know now that became i'm like man you can't just complain if you don't do anything about it right so that became a thing where it's like yeah let's let's do our part to like identify these people to get to know Mm -hmm. these people so we can now vote and hopefully have people that we feel represents us best in our our growth here in amherstburg yeah 100%. 100%. So with you, like, what did you, you must have learned a lot in the last, like, running? I know that we were talking to Don, and Don couldn't believe the, you know, how many, you know, websites and how to get votes and how to walk around. Like, what was your biggest lesson from that whole candidacy? Probably, I think it just takes a lot of hours and a lot of work. Um, I, I saw that whatever I put into the campaign led to that success. Um, you, you don't win by not knocking on doors. Like, you can't underestimate the power of door knocking. Um, I wish I could have knocked on more doors, but we were a bit time constrained. It was an issue. Um, yeah, probably hard work. I mean, like I was at the time I was in my MBA program before I got elected. So I'd go to school from like eight to one and then the entire afternoon, I'd just pound pavement and knock on doors. So um, time management was also extremely important because as, as the daylight would, would go away in the evening, um, you got to make sure that you can get out there and knock on doors before it's it's too late and you run out of time. That's why, like, I was the first one in Amherstburg to actually announce that I was running back in, I think it was June. Um, some don't even announce until, like, September, maybe first, first week of October. I wouldn't recommend that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, time management, um, meeting, like, attending events, meeting people, showing them, why you're worthy of the position and then really trying to brand yourself as someone who who knows what they're talking about and and really has that vision for the town that's why i had a a pamphlet and i would try to share that message at the door and hope it would resonate with people and and start to trigger some type of discussion so that when i go back into council where i'm at now i have a list of concerns and ideas that i learned at the door door knocking for me was the best way to survey and canvas the community gain understanding of where we're at and where we need to go 
And did you find much difference from like one neighborhood to the next in terms of their concerns and their big time, big time? Uh, different parts of Amherstburg are worried about different things. Uh, downtown's worried about you know certain things than than out in the the concessions. So it was it was different depending on the neighborhood. Uh, out in Malden Center, they really care about uh, you know their their parks and recreation facilities, uh, active transportation, uh, the roads. Uh, being connected to the town, sometimes they feel like they're they're left out out in Malden or or McGregor or River Canard. Um, so it, it all depends. Like I went to River Canard and they just had a brand new park installed. I was on the foundation that helped put the park in, and so th- they were quite satisfied with with their park facilities. But you go to uh, Malden Center now, they want you know the tennis courts back open or they want the pavilion back up. So it, it all depends what's near them. Right, everybody's kind of concerned, and that makes sense, right? Yeah. The concessions are looking for, I'm sure, like bike lanes and yep. safe places for their kids to walk. Downtown, we're concerned with why the fuck are the buses dropping bums off in front of my business, and the uh, the open streets, all kinds of things like that. We have all kinds of, we all have different issues and we all try yep. to bring them about, and then you guys, your job is to kind of you know make decisions of where yep. the, where the information is going to go, where the, the funds are going to go and go from there. So you talked about uh, branding yourself. So like that can, the word branding sometimes can bring distrust, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know branding is important for me and, and uh, you know, Irv actually was doing my marketing for a while and well still does obviously, but having, I found with having him, if he was writing posts for me, then I felt like my branding, even though, you know, he had guidelines, he has a good understanding of what I'm doing. It wasn't completely authentic. So where do you see yourself? What, are you branding yourself as and how is that is that really you that's kind of a question 100%. people would ask yeah i all like especially in politics like to be honest with you yeah. I, that's not even a personal thing that's like a politics thing like yeah. politicians uh for me my branding's all about sharing the community story um i i love just posting and, and celebrating the great things that are happening uh, i try not to post anything that's too political on on social media because i as a counselor like Facebook reading Facebook comments and just focusing on that I don't think will help you make an educated decision um, there's a small minority that might be on Facebook let's say I get 10 comments I can't base you know wanting to to put a basketball court here or fix this road because of fa- 10 Facebook comments right so I try to make sure that everything I'm doing is positive um, and that hopefully will emulate to others because there's so many great things happening in Amherstburg um, and that's how I've been trying to brand it, right? Um, I, I really don't want to deal with any toxic stuff online, so I don't post anything that's going to bring that. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, the comments, being a cop, that was one of the things, too. Yeah. Never read the comments. But the comments, and we, we have discussions right there at that desk all the time in the meetings. We have, you know, 250 members across this county, and, and one of my team members will say, everybody's saying, or everybody. I'm like, yeah. everybody? Define everybody. Did you hear this from two people? Because that is, you know, a, a half of a percent. Doesn't mean we shouldn't consider, we shouldn't Absolutely. listen to it. Everything's heard and considered, but not everything needs to be acted upon. Yeah, right? I think that's a that's a mistake some elected officials can make, right? They, three people have approached them about an issue, and now they go to council and they say, this is a major issue in the community. A lot of people have been reaching out to me. We need to fix this, when it might end up being just three people. Doesn't mean that issue is not important. But you got to think always what's in the best interest of the entire community, not just your neighbor or somebody that lives near you. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, especially, you know, who's 
I think for you guys to consider, which is tough too, is like, not like I said it before we went on, like nobody really wants to go in and sit in on town council. No offense. It's just yeah. not, like, it's three hours of your night. It's long. It's, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff and you're like, well, I don't even know what they're talking about right now. Right. But, um, so how do those voices get in there? If you're not willing to go to town council, how do you get heard? If I, I have an issue, if I, if I want to complain about, like I said, buses, how do I get heard without going to town council? Is there a way or do I just have to go? So what I've been trying to do is really market uh, myself online. I think social media is, is helpful. Um, I put my phone number everywhere. Like if you go on all my accounts, my, my phone number, my email is everywhere. Ooh, so um, <laughs> like I want people to know that I'm accessible and I think that's what how it starts. But you also learn and meet people just by attending events. I try to go to every event that I that I can, um, and that's a great opportunity to just have some real conversations. And um, if I were just to sit at home and all I do is is just attend council meetings, I'm not getting out there. I you know I, I'm living inside of a bubble. I don't know if I necessarily know what's going on, unless I I'm out there actively trying to engage people. Um, so social media and. Rivertown Times, we have a, a local newspaper, so I try my best to engage on there and any updates that I might have, reaching out to Ron, who's amazing. Ron is. Ron gets so many <laughs> shout-outs on this yeah, podcast. It's crazy. But yeah, Ron so. is amazing. And I, I would agree with you there with the, the getting around and being accessible and being, I think that's why you and Don have both been on this podcast because you guys do make a good point. And to be straight honest with you is I did not vote for a mayor this year because not mm-hmm. one of them was anywhere. And that is something that you could pass on from, I think, a lot of people in this gym is that we don't see them. We don't see them. You know, we didn't see the last guy that much and we, we saw him more, though. And when you're a candidate, we, we expect to see you. We should recognize you. In a small town like this, I should recognize the mayor and I don't think I would. Right. Gotcha. And that's kind of like something that definitely sits negative with me. And I hope we're going to fix. And I hope that we're going to start to see more of is counselors like you and Don who are getting out there and getting at these events that are important. You know, when you got six, seven hundred people showing up at an event to raise some money for somebody who has cancer in our town or somebody mm-hmm. who needs a wheelchair, mm-hmm. man, it's our town. Leaders, leaders are present. Leaders are the first foot on ground, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd like, see a lot more of that. Hundred percent. Yeah. So let's get you on the hot seat, man. I had okay. to, I had sure, some members yeah. reach out. We'll start with some easy ones for you. Okay. Okay. The first one, you might know who who wrote this one. Ask Lyndon how many times he wanted to puke during the rowathon. <laughs> so, oh yeah. yeah, that was that was awesome. Like well, that's definitely from Danny. That was uh, my first time using a rowing machine, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you you can't underestimate how difficult it is, especially for what was it, an hour, two hours? How long do yeah, we? Yeah, so so background on this, you guys have heard crews and brews for cancer. Lyndon joined one of our garage teams, which was like, and you reached out to us, which I loved too. That that was like kind of like the I'm like, man, I got this guy in the podcast. I respect that, and I didn't know that you had never been on your own machine <laughs> yeah. until that morning. So we went for two straight hours, basically taking turns with six, seven people on your yeah. team. But that's a lot of rowing. It's a God. lot of rowing. So, You're a little bit gray a couple times when oh, I came by to see you. Yeah. Well, I, I'm on the rowing machine. Then <laughs> Don is actually like right next to me, and he's going ham. Like he's got that garage gym fuel in him or something. Yeah, he's got something in him. Um, that guy. But yeah, I felt like a bit lightheaded, and thankfully Jen Deluca at Waterfront Ice Cream uh, came over and she gave me some candies, and I had that, and I was fueled up, ready to go. Uh, but there was a couple points where I just I sat down. And I'm like, oh my god. Good thing I have a team. Because like <laughs> me on that machine for two hours straight, no, 
I probably wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> yeah, you were definitely great. <laughs> so uh, another question, you probably get this one all the time, but why did you run? And then uh, do you expect to kind of move up to the federal level? You can, hey, there's yeah, a apology. Um, so why did I run? I ran because Provincial I Provincial want... or federal level, I guess would be a better question. So I, I ran because I wanted to, to help Amherstburg. I'm extremely passionate about our community and, and the things that are happening. I think we, we really have a gem here. Um, you know, I, I went out to, uh, California recently and there's certain areas of, of Los Angeles that are beautiful, but I think what they don't have compared to us is that, that sense of community where everyone knows everyone. So that was a huge eye opening experience for me because yes, they, you know, they have a beautiful beach and, uh, great restaurants and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it didn't feel like home. I was actually stuck there because of the the snowstorm, but that moment kind of realized I realized a little bit that we do have that rapport in Amherstburg, like it feels like family type of thing. Um, so I just I love Amherstburg, I love uh, the people that we're surrounded by, and I wanted to get on there and make a difference. I was on a, a few other boards in town and tried attending events, volunteering. Um, donating but I wanted to be you know at the at the next level where I could make a, a really a direct impact and be a voice for people all right and level two of that question I think you're gonna oh uh, I don't know I, federal I, in the goals or what are you I, I'm playing it now? playing it by ear focusing on on making Amherstburg better leaving it better than I found it if that's I think I said that right better than you found it so. yeah so everybody's <laughs> I love that's my favorite line so yes <laughs> but no I we'll see where things go four years is a long way from now so uh, when my term's done I'll, I'll reassess where I'm at in life and if I want to you know move to a different position or run for counselor again I'll, I'll make that choice in 2026 right and I think that comes like with being I can tell you when I was 22 the the goals I had at 22 to that I saw are things that kind of change drastically and they could change you might not and you might hate this you might hate the next four years who knows I doubt it I mean I, I think you're kind of made for this and you enjoy it but you never know you might hate this so uh, here's one here. Municipal, man, there's some like real questions. We usually get like only silly ones when we ask these things. Okay, this one's from uh, from one of our garage emojis here, uh, Liz. Municipal politics is arguably the least glamorous yet most impactful level of government in the day-to-day -day lives of Canadians. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. What are the top three things that residents might not be aware are managed under the municipal portfolio that have great impact on their daily lives? That's a. I did not prep him for any of these questions. So yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think what. Even if you can give us one. I mean, most people probably know this, but policing, right? Unless you're with Ontario Provincial Police (OPP), it's 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 reg the town pays for the policing service. I think most people do not know the the Maybe they know that they're paid for it, but yeah. maybe not know the involvement of municipal councils with the police department. I, I don't yeah. think people know yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I do. Obviously, I was kind of in that. Yeah, industry, exactly. Like, right. Like, I don't so know. That's think a good one. Something like that. Uh, no, I just don't want to say an answer that's like, oh, that's super obvious. Like, I don't know, snow plows. Like, you know, um, road maintenance. Um, tr transit is another one. Um, with the waterfront so there's that's a tricky subject so duffy's as an example um there's a bunch of ministry approvals that we have to go through we can't just 
go and, and, and build build out Duffy's and create a, a waterfront plaza, we have to actually go through the Department of Fisheries. So that's, you know, not necessarily, it's regulated by uh, upper levels of government. So that might be something that people don't know. Right. People probably think, why yeah. is this building still here? Yeah. Like, right? yeah, exactly. Like the water around us, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So the fisheries, we had Mitch on here from the fisheries department. Like that's a, that's a whole other world of like things. But so are there plans with some of these things? So one of the questions that came through was about some of these buildings. So there's the beautiful building on Dalhousie. It might not be Dalhousie if you keep continuing up, but you know, the white, it's like a huge white brick building. Bellevue? Uh, yeah. What is, is anything happening with that? I just feel like that is like a, a gem that could be yeah. exploited. It's, so the exploited in a good way yeah the last council approved a expression of interest so they're they're reaching out to investors members of the community to see if there's any level of interest for that building if somebody were to manage operate it buy it and and figure out what they can do with it so that went out recently uh, the town bought it so the town owns it but they're trying to see if you know perhaps somebody else would would be interested in in fixing it up and trying to make it a, a great center that the community can enjoy um, so, all right, man. And so, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about Amherst, and I think you talked about things people don't know about in this town. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that everybody understands that the, us, the town of Amherstburg, when I say us, we do not own the property of Amherstburg or of General Amherst mm-hmm. as of yet, at least. It's you know owned by the school board, I would assume. Yeah. So, so the school board put out an expression of interest, and the town uh, shared that they're interested in the building. So, um, we'll wait and hear back from the school board and, and go from there. Uh, I was against putting any type of expression of interest in the building. Uh, I think we need to focus on the assets that we have right now, and we're trying to fix up. You mentioned Bellevue and other things, but I mean, council went that direction, so it's at the will of council. And you know, I, as a collective, I have to support that decision. Um, so we'll wait and, and see, you know, what what uh, comes back from the school board, and they're going to look at all the uh, people that have put in an expression of interest and, and go from there. Right. So that brings up a good question for me, I guess, as a you know it's tough. You you've you've been in you know politics within schools, and mm-hmm. you've you've held the president of you know this or that with your school like, yeah. uh, councils and things like that. But now you step in as the kind of one of the newer guys and girls on the board. You've been there a short period of time. How hard is it when you're like things like that or things that you don't necessarily agree with? You get outvoted within the council. That's part of council. That's why we have councils. Mm-hmm. How hard is that to swallow? That can't it can't be easy. Um at at the end of the day, like I, I just, as long as I know I made the decision that I believe that's in the best interest of the community, uh, and, and let's say council goes another direction, um, you know, I, I support I support that decision that we made at the end of the day because we we looked at all opinions and perspectives around the council table. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 tough sometimes, right? Because you you might feel passionate about something, but five six others on council might not agree so you have to just you know what i mean you can't win everything yes. uh, you can't control everything and um that's that's why we have a democracy right and the hardest thing i think is to be voted down and then continue because you get voted down but you are now part of the team to continue on that yep. project right like, for sure so that's got to be definitely a, a difficulty i'd say so so like you've been at this like since you said october what do you think is your biggest surprise has been so far things that you did not think would be you know personal or professional i guess i don't know i i went into this knowing a little bit about what to expect um i've really not that i've been surprised with it but i've really been enjoying getting 
inquiries from residents in the community, phone calls, emails, and trying my best to resolve their situation. I guess to answer your question, what surprised me is that not everything can be resolved. There's not, I can't do everything um, to necessarily fix an issue. Some, some of the issues uh, we can't fix, some we need to look at the provincial and federal government. So there's a, I've realized a lot of, you know, the issues I might be dealing with could be out of my control. So that's, that's hard because I want to help everyone and I want to resolve every issue, but sometimes it's, it's tough to, to fix everything. Right. I was having a good conversation with like a, a special operations general actually from Canada just two days ago. And he was talking about when you make decisions as any leader and the council is the very same way, if not more, because there's so many people, right? I make a decision here. I affect 250 people, right? You make a decision. You guys, when I say you, I mean the council, mm-hmm. you're affecting what do we got? What do we have here now? 20,000? 20, 23,000. Yeah, 23,000 people, right? So they were going to be doing things which you believe is in the color of right are going to have consequences, unknown consequences to some people, mm-hmm. right? So that is something to always, like every with every right turn you make, there's going to be a lot of people who would have been benefited by you turning left, mm-hmm. council turning left, whether that's from their property lines, for their taxes, yeah, whatever it might be, um, attracting uh, business downtown. Right, like very good probably for the businesses, really sucks for the family of four who wants to come down here and walk the waterfront mm-hmm. and now there's tons of people, right? So there's like that, there's, yeah, there's, that's a good example there. Of one, yeah, right? yeah, and, and on that topic, like another thing that I, I guess would surprise me is, <laughs> well, I don't know if it comes as a surprise, but any decision I make, there's always somebody that doesn't like it, right? So you can't please everybody. Um, not that I went into this position thinking I could please everybody, but it, you know, definitely emphasized the point being in the position now that somebody is not going to like a decision I make for sure. And I'm always worried about losing, losing relationships when you end, when you end up in politics and working for, for the government, um, that a decision you make might not necessarily resonate with a family member or a friend and, and all of a sudden do they take that to heart and they want to no longer speak to you because they think, you know, the decisions I'm making are, are not in their best interest. So um, that's a, a tough pill to swallow for sure, right? Yeah, no, 100% <laughs> it is, 100% <laughs> it is. So I got one more question for you. I don't think it's a, it's a hard one so you could, you could breathe a little bit. Uh, so you know, lots of concerns are raised, especially in the summer, from residents and business owners downtown addressing specifically parking downtown. Mm-hmm. Despite multiple studies being done, that address this and outline that there is sufficient parking. It seems that there is a disconnect in what a parking study deems as acceptable versus residents' ex- expectations, which I have. I mean, I, that was one of my issues here. That was long mm-hmm. ago before we were busy downtown. How yeah. do you envision bringing this disconnect or, or closing the gap between this disconnect between what the studies show and what the, the citizens of Amherstburg expect? And I guess that kind of goes to my question was like, that is for me as a downtown business owner, mm-hmm. but also as a resident, it's kind of this fine line. like really bringing people into this town doesn't really affect the garage gym very much. They're not going to sign up for a membership. They live in Bell River, mm-hmm. right? But I do have a lot of friends. I, I mean, lots of people come here, own businesses downtown. We want to attract LaSalle. Yeah. We want to attract comps. We want people to come here and spend money in these restaurants and the, and the hotels that we might be putting in. But then it's also very disruptive to the average everyday person who wants to come down. Like, how can we close that disconnect? That's a, I guess it is a tough question, but that's what it, you're here for. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm here. And um, parking is, you know, an interesting topic for sure. 
Um, I have different opinions on it. I, I always want to make sure that if we're adding additional parking, which I mean, it's up to the residents. If they, if they really feel that we need additional parking, we got to make sure that it's in the right spot. We're not taking up, uh, a prime piece of real estate, perhaps, you know, a commercial business could have been there or, um, I don't know, just parking itself. It's, it's, you know, it's a slab of concrete and you park there. So, um, I want to make sure we don't take another opportunity away if we're adding adding parking. Do I think we're going to be getting a like a parking garage? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think the town's in the right position to necessarily build a, a parking garage. Um, but if if somebody else, like an investor in the community, felt interested, hey, let's build a parking garage, then you know that that's a different conversation. But um, I also think there sometimes there's a, a little bit of a, a parking perception issue where if we don't see parking, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not there. We might have to, to walk a little bit, and we always have to make sure that accessible parking is available, especially close to, to businesses and, and those that are using accessible spots. Um, but if we can find a, a, a spot that's, that's reasonable and we can install additional parking, um, sure, I'm open to that. I'm, I'm not closed-minded in saying, hey, no, we don't need any parking, we're good. Um, because there's there's always a parking issue, especially if you you grow as a community. There's going to be a parking issue, right? Well, especially if you're going to do your best to keep parking free. Yeah, right? like exactly. If you're keep right, parking free. Like then you're you're justifying if we're going to take up more lots or merity lots to provide mm-hmm. parking. We're going to be taking away opportunities for uh, businesses to grow, but businesses bring tax money to this mm-hmm. town, right? There's there's different things yeah. that go along with that. So we have a quite a bit of free parking. I mean, being a person who spends quite a bit of time in Kingsville, which is a mm-hmm. similar size, I feel like they have maybe a little bit more parking, but they yep. also don't have the same, uh, the waterfront, layout of the waterfront does con- cause some constraints, right? With mm-hmm. parking because of- For sure, for right? sure. So, I, and, and with parking or really any issue, I, you know, going into a council meeting, I have opinions for sure. Um, things that I think perhaps the way it should go. Uh, let's say I went to a council meeting and we were talking about parking and I thought parking uh, wasn't an issue. I, I I try not to necessarily, depending on the topic, um, I like to hear what other councillors are saying and, and deputy mayor and mayor on, on a certain topic before I just make a, a trigger decision and, and say, hey, no, we need to go this way, right? Um, because that, and going back to things that I've that have surprised me a little bit, how important it is to hear from other people on council because your your way of thinking uh, could be could be very closed-minded right so I, I really enjoy being a council and just listening to everyone um, before I you know I, I jump to a conclusion and make a decision I'm not gonna lie to you I might be uh, calling in a tender for this lot next door after this podcast is done and <laughs> see if I can <laughs> how much does it cost to put one of those tillers up where they just put tap your card you can park here that thing does nothing but cost me money and make me cut the grass i would love to blow it down and just just have people park here 10 bucks all day right <laughs> like like in detroit i'll get i'll get somebody to stand out there the co-op student can stand out there and file people in make a triple they have to hold a dumbbell yeah. the whole time or yeah something. triple the money on christmas uh party <laughs> christmas parade day <laughs> when everybody's looking to park down here but no i i agree i think i think parking is a it's a it's a tough issue no matter what i think it's an issue probably in every city no matter what its size because i can tell you working in windsor parking was always a complaint and i mean i was down there yesterday and i'm like oh my god i gotta go run to my meter and i can only yeah. park here for two hours but i need to be here for four there's an issue no matter where yeah. you go i don't know if we will ever close it's, that disconnect between expectations for residents and 
people coming into town. Yeah. And that, that boil over between. It's it's tough, right? You got to make sure if you're adding additional parking, it's going in in the right spot. It it comes down to planning, for sure. You want to make sure it's it's like I said, not taking up space that there could have been an opportunity there. Right. So. And is there any truth that that new building next to Sobeys is going to be an Aren't We Naughty? I, I honestly I don't know I, I I'm not that is the rumor the garage gym rumor and everybody's like what? I have not no heard way. that I have not heard that so. we, we presented that to Deputy Mayor Gibb who comes here and uh, <laughs> you had the equal reaction of a huge smile on his face with uh, I don't know <laughs> I will not confirm nor deny yeah so <laughs> we're gonna try to get one of you guys on here every once in a while just to keep people in town and yeah it'll be a podcast that's maybe not uh Maybe not as diverse to people who don't live in Amherstburg, but I think being somebody who lives here, I'd love to give a more of a forum for people to come on and yeah. talk. And and I know when you host politicians, probably like it's it's probably received a little bit differently because you are on the board, right? You've got to yeah. have that that little like uh, filter, I, buffer. I, yeah, and I always want to make sure that like what I'm saying is 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 me. It's, I'm true to myself. Um, I don't want to be scripted at all. Um, like yeah, it's tough with with interviews sometimes with politicians, right? Like they're always going around the same word they're finding other ways to say something without really saying anything um, I just want to make sure that what I'm saying is me and it's it's the truth it's it's genuine and it's just honest and how are you going to separate yourself from that so if that's the image that you've painted and you're actually in the circles imagine the people that aren't right yeah. that's kind of like you know me as it's, a cop like people paint a picture of us how can I but how can I make a difference to break that cycle for just for me and for every other person who follows me, it was kind of always my my role, right? Like kind of I took that on yeah. when I worked in the West End where people, you know, a lot of people did not like the police or had negative encounters with the police. My goal was to kind of change that surface, right? So how, how do you think you can do that? It's it's tough because I can, I can see why sometimes when a reporter asks a politician a question, they don't get an answer. Um, I think we always have to think about making sure we're saying the right thing. That's that's the tough part. Um, so I don't know. I just I don't think I'll, like because going back to branding, will I be able to to change it completely? No. Uh, but the next generations of, of of municipal councilors that are entering the position, I hope to you know be a, a mentor to them in that they can they can see how I did it, what I did wrong, how I can change, and they can learn from that. So uh, I'm all for mentoring young people that are looking to get involved in municipal government in any age really um but i just want to speak the truth if i don't know the answer i'm okay with saying hey i i don't know the answer right now i'll get back to you i i just don't like spilling out information just for the sake of it right and answering a question with like i'm not free to talk about that right now or i'm not educated enough to speak yep. about that is a is a good quality mm -hmm. answer that i think people kind of like yeah. you feel like because you're in these positions you have to make an answer but you don't have an answer there's no point in making an answer right like yeah and so. that's that's tough too because you don't want to make it seem like you're not doing your homework or you don't know enough about the position that you're in right like uh we, we were talking about the high school topic earlier i had to check to make sure i was saying the right thing not necessarily that i didn't know what i was talking about but i needed a refresher like there's a lot of things that happen at each council meeting right so yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of things in those minutes, that's for sure. <laughs> hey. that's for sure. So, man, I always say, like, uh, to lead, you yeah. need to, one, you got to take care of yourself. Like, you, like I always say, if, when I go into these businesses and I talk, like, if you pulled up here and you had four Red Bull cans rolling around on your passenger seat floor, 
you know, you're you're rushing late, you barely you hit snooze three times, you barely got yourself fed, and you maybe you grabbed a bagel on the way in and you come rolling into a meeting expecting to lead a team or to lead these yeah. people that come to my gym, you are not gonna succeed for a long term. Preparation's huge. Right. So how what do you do for yourself to make sure that one, your head is in the right place to do this job? Yeah. Um well, it's the first time drinking coffee in like a while. I don't, I don't drink coffee. You mentioned I wouldn't like have made Red you Bulls a coffee. It's called hey. coffee with Craner. I, I know, I know. Sure this guy wants a freaking coffee. <laughs> um, but I didn't yeah, I don't have old enough to have whiskey, so I didn't, <laughs> want... <laughs> I didn't want to pour that out. Actually, I got ID'd this weekend. So... <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! You did. <laughs> um, but no, I like I don't drink Red Bull and all that stuff in my. It's not in my passenger seat or anything like that. But um, I always make sure to just have some time to myself where you know i can just put on a movie go to the gym go for a run that's what i want to hear what are some of the habits yeah. that you have that keeps you kind of like where you need to be yeah listening gym, gym uh running listening to music uh like not rowing um, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah just just stuff like that like i'm not a big partier like i, I don't do any of that stuff but um just spending time with family is another huge thing to me so i don't know just a chillax guy i don't know there's not like a, a huge hobby i think i want to get started in maybe some type of intramural sport in amherstburg whether it's hockey or uh, even pickleball pickleball is great tennis just something to keep me on a schedule and i'm, I'm meeting people and i'm in a team because i really miss that when i was growing up just being in in recreational sports nice because so. no, i think that's important i think you gotta you gotta start with those little things like reading you know yep. like, and i think in your industry knowing because it will it can encompass you and policing did encompass me too and i think a little bit of advice i would give you is to like one keep your friends that you had that have nothing to do with politics right like yes for me it was like don't always hang out with cops keep those same friends who keep you who That's you are huge. which makes you a special politician or a special police officer but whatever you are doing and then the other thing is to you know read some stuff that has nothing to do with politics yeah. you know like have some hobbies that have nothing to do with it like stay outside that world a little bit give your brain a break so that mm -hmm. when you are need to be sharp you can be sharp yeah and on that topic like finding groups that you're not always talking about work is huge like <laughs> i'll be honest i don't like going to a family function let's say it's in amherstburg and all they're talking to me is about what's happening in the town what's you know what's going on here what's going on there like no, I just want to have a, a, a conversation about life, not just like the latest in Amherstburg. And no, I'm not going to be giving you the secrets because you're my, you know, my close friend or a family member, right? So, yeah, I just good point. Like, just have a, a circle that you're talking about stuff that happened in high school or just some good buddies that you can hang out with. Yeah, I think you're gonna find, especially if you do, you know, if your aspirations do take you further, you're gonna find a lot like how you. I felt this cop was like, yeah, you become like you always feel like you got the uniform on because people always want to know about you right about your job about mm -hmm. which is your job which is your role you, yeah. you know yes there is like the bleed over there where you're passionate about it but there also has to be that shut off where you can go and hang out so exactly right like i i actually some might not enjoy this part but i like going into a grocery store or just going out and and people recognize me and they're they're asking me questions about things happening in amsburg i love that um because like you, like you said, like being able to engage with the public, uh, I, I don't want to be the person that just stays in home, stays at home and doesn't, doesn't go out to dinner because I'm afraid that somebody's going to ask me a tough question, right? So um, I always want to make sure that I'm out there 
and, and people are approaching me. Family time is a bit different. I don't I don't want to talk about politics or anything like that or you know being in a mortgage agent now. I, I don't know. Like I just want to talk about life. Yeah, let's talk about that. So mortgage agent, when yeah. did this start? That started January 1st of this year. Yeah, you're yeah. working for the Bondi. Working for, for Joe and Ron Bondi, yeah. <laughs> These I, are good uh, guys. I've known those guys for almost my whole life. Yeah, so I, I made a, a big switch that I don't talk about too much, but um, I left. I was in the MBA program from September to about November, and uh, it was the last day before I could leave the program without penalties being applied. And uh, I was just... I remember I was, I was going for a drive and I was just wanting to find something that really energized me. And um, not that the MBA program was, was bad at all. Um, There's a really great group of people that I was with, um, but I just felt that I needed something um, in a professional setting where I could gain some work experience. And if I wanna go back and, and get my MBA, I always can. It's always gonna be available for me. So I put it on pause, I'm not calling myself a, a dropout because I don't like that term. Um, because education is always there, right? So I, I left the MBA program, put it on pause, and uh, was looking for some marketing jobs. Uh, realized I, I didn't necessarily want a nine to five desk job. I needed something that was more flexible and I could uh, have a schedule and also integrate it with counsel. So Joe and Ron, um, Joe had reached out to me about a year ago asking me about being a mortgage agent and I wasn't 100% sure if I wanted to and I just reached out to him again we had dinner and he sold me on on that uh, on that career path and I'm super happy to be with the super mortgage team and um, just getting started awesome man so, so I want to first of all thank you for coming on for that I also got to give a shout out to my sponsors uh, Ian and Kara Murray team Murray insurance they are Kingsville's one-stop shop for everything you need for home auto finances anything you need insurance for that they can help you out so Look them up at Team Murray Insurance, and I appreciate their support over the years. Also, HQ Nutrition, if you need some supplements. I did not take my focus today. I should have. I'm going to use it maybe a little bit later. But HQ uh, Supplements, you guys can go on there, check them out, HQ Canada, and use code TANGO15. So, back to you. How do people get a hold of you if they want to? You yeah. said you're accessible. You might regret that. but <laughs> <laughs> You know what, actually? On that topic, I, I put my phone number out there and my email it's everywhere i haven't been receiving as many calls as i thought i would oh my god uh, danny's gonna listen to this and prank call you at all yeah <laughs> most people <laughs> i'm finding most people just like to email uh they send me an email over calling uh, which is totally okay but i've just surprised my phone's not it's probably because nobody answers their phone anymore yeah. you know what i mean like i call people they never nobody ever answers their phones so yeah i think answer, COVID also good. had a email's kind of nice too a play on that too but 509-560-1254 or lcrane at amosburg.ca you can also send me a message on whatever platform and i get back to people in like a couple hours right, let's give joe bondi so. a plug too how do we get a hold of you if we do if we do need yeah. a mortgage or um in my other phone, you can contact me for uh, the best rates, best service in the area. If you're looking for <laughs> here we um, go, Joe. You owe me fifty mortgage. bucks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Uh, I think Super Mortgage Team needs to sponsor the pod, <laughs> Joe. Two two six seven eight seven four seven four five. Give me a call there as well, and I'd love to help you. Awesome, man. So thank you very much for coming on. I thank you for uh, enduring some tough questions that you were not, you know, <laughs> that I didn't prep you for. I think that's the best part about coming yeah. on this podcast. We don't do any scripting. We just like to shoot from the hip and see how raw. it goes. So, you know what I mean? Good job Real today. And, raw, so. and uh, good job. And I hope I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you are going to do for all of us in this community because we are dedicated to it. Thank you. Appreciate thank you very it. very much. Thanks for having me. We're over and out. Now's the time.
time to do more and be more. 